And I'm back. And then the other thing I have this week is One Piece, the live action version. And another full disclosure for me, once again, I have not seen a single episode of the animated series it's based on. You know, my understanding is there are over a thousand episodes and that is a lot to catch up on. So I cannot speak to how this works as an adaptation. I can only speak to this as a new audience member who, you know, may have heard of it and isn't ready to tackle an a thousand episode anime, but, you know, wanted to get started. And I was pleasantly surprised, actually, by how much I enjoyed the show. You know, it's not my favorite thing ever. It is definitely cartoonish in a sense. But I think unlike some of the other anime adaptations I've seen, like Cowboy Bebop comes to mind, which is also from Netflix. You know, I watched maybe 20 minutes of Cowboy Bebop and I was like, I am so sorry. I cannot do this. One Piece, I blazed through it. And, you know, I, again, I can't speak to what percentage of the 1000 episode story arc it is covering but um, if you are willing to just embrace the kind of cartoonishness of it the production design the costumes the sort of not silliness of the characters but just like they they all each seem to sort of embody an aspect and are they're not I don't want to call them one dimensional because I don't think that's actually fair to them but they are geared towards a specific personality trait if you're willing to go with that and like you don't get annoyed by that type of thing I think this might actually be enjoyable I uh, was not familiar with anybody in the cast as well so uh you know I I, there's a couple sort of almost cameo-ish folks I know but all the main actors are new to me but you know I think one of the things that I liked about it is that it's sort of positive and like joyous it's about a bunch of pirates searching for this one piece of mega treasure and you know becoming the the rulers of the seas and all that stuff and I just I don't know there's something about that Luffy is the main guy he could have been a very annoying character to me and I could see that um, he could be a very annoying character to many people I'm sure uh, who watch it but the actor's making it work for me and you know they're sort of gathering their band of pirates and uh, the the style is like you know there's these marines who are enforced and they just wear like baseball caps and you know there's there's sort of simplicity to some of it but also a complexity where I'm like oh all right, you know, they've, they've paid attention to the production design in a lot of areas. You know, I think they're trying their best to translate something that is effectively two-dimensional into a three-dimensional world. And they've built out a world that doesn't require a lot of explaining or, you know, they get it out of the way quickly. And then they do a pretty good job of just letting you go on the adventure with them and you don't need to know a ton of the backstory. Again, it's weirdly, I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Equalizer 3 and One Piece, the live action, are... Is somewhat kindred spirits in that you don't need the foundational stuff. They will introduce you to it. And then I think if you are already a fan or already involved in it, you know, you will get that many more layers out of it. And I should caveat that much like the Equalizer 3, I mean, the violence in One Piece is much, much, much more tame, but it is mature. You know, there's like, I, so I think a lot of people associate anime with like little kids. That's not the case all the time. So there are a slightly more mature themes, or, or at least there's like drinking and swearing and smoking and like stabbing. So be aware of that if you were thinking about showing it to your little kids. It's not necessarily for them, but overall, I actually think it's worth giving a try. You know, if you watch the trailer and you're like, absolutely not. This is not going to be the show for you. But if you were on the fence or thinking about it or, you know, chuckled a little bit at it, I think it could be worth checking out. So One Piece Season 1, the live action version, is out now on Netflix. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing. Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHKs I've known, and two things up for review this week. 
First up is The Equalizer 3, starring Denzel Washington, and then there's the new live-action adaptation of One Piece on Netflix. First up is The Equalizer 3, and full disclosure, it turns out I have not seen The Equalizer or The Equalizer 2, and for better or for worse, you don't really technically need to have seen them to have The Equalizer 3 make sense. I'm sure there are plenty of parts of it that are enhanced by having seen the first two films, but it's relatively plug-and-play, and so... You know, I was able to enjoy it uh, to a degree. Uh, There's a lot of violence in it. But, you know, Denzel Washington plays Robert McCall, who I guess he has played in the other two films. He is a highly skilled uh, former somebody. I assume he was an assassin at some point based on his set of skills. And I also assume he worked with the government. But, you know, the movie doesn't ask a lot of you in that sense. It just sort of establishes things very efficiently and you have to give Antoine Fuqua credit for his ability to do that you know I saw it with a few people who had seen the first few and I saw it with a few people who hadn't and apparently you know there were certain callbacks but overall it feels relatively self-contained so in this third one we see Denzel Washington just in Italy dealing with some mob bosses and you know, I don't know. I truly don't know how active or accurate the mob is these days. You know, I feel like they're always like a safe choice as a villain in films. And it just felt a little extreme to me. Like, I was sort of comically, classically, they were enforcing their mob reign. But by the same token, this is also a film about Denzel Washington being able to, you know, sort of murder people with uh, highly technical, advanced skill sets, etc. And, and, you know, with the limberness of a much younger man also, <laughs> I'd like to point out. But, you know, I think... The few things, so I actually, again, I had a good time. Um, Denzel is Denzel and therefore can, you know, carry a fair amount of a film. But there are moments where he's sort of like jubilant and and joyous. And and those are the moments that I enjoyed the most. You know, there's a sense of humor about it. My understanding is that uh, this is actually almost not sillier, but, you know, more relaxed of a version of the character than the other two films had, which I enjoyed. Um, The things I did struggle with are just there's a lot of carnage in these movies. Um, I love me a John Wick. You know, I love violence, but those feel a little more cartoonish and don't necessarily relish in the close-ups and the the creativity behind some of the kills. I mean, they're they're both creative with the kills, but uh, I think the, the level of violence in this was just a little bit much for me. Um, So be warned. This is just basically a series of violence strung together. And then the other thing that I do have to say was a little uh, uh, detractive from it was, so, you know, you have this sort of moral story of Denzel, you know, encounters a situation where he feels the need to insert himself. And then there's this whole huge other subplot happening involving major government agencies and like really big bads. and, And eventually they all try to tie it together. But the way that it's introduced and woven in feels pretty late in the story. And also, you know, they use it as a reason to bring in Dakota Fanning, who my understanding is she was in the second one. I am not familiar with her character. She felt pretty out of place in this. You also have David Denman, who played Roy from The Office as another one of the like CIA or FBI agents. <laughs> I no, no shade to David Denman, but I will just always see him as Roy from The Office. You know, it, the movie was fine. I had a good time. There are a couple things that I thought were a little bit silly and absurd in addition to some of the, you know, more caricature mafioso stuff. But this is one of my favorite Denzel performances of the last few years, honestly. Um, you know, I, I think Denzel is an amazing actor. I just did not enjoy, like, Fences or Roman J. Israel Esquire. Don't get me started on that one. Or, you know, you know, he's been fine in things, but this I was like, oh, 
you know, this is also a boondoggle movie, as I've talked about before, where you get to go to a really nice location. I'm sure they ate delicious pasta in Italy and all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, have a good time. Make a good movie. You know, uh, like I said, if you are squeamish about violence or, or or just, you know, object to it in general, definitely not the movie for you. You don't have to have seen the first two to be able to enjoy this one. I think if you liked the first two, you're also going to like this one because I went back and started watching the other ones. I was like, oh, okay. You know, even the first few don't really do a ton to go into his backstory, which is kind of fun, you know? I don't need to know every single little bit of info for these characters who are almost superhero-esque in their abilities, where I'm like, yeah, the more you try and explain it sometimes, the more it falls apart. So I'm okay with this, the hand-waviness of like, he's really good at his job, period. Look away, uh, it's Denzel. Uh, and it's, again, a certain caliber of actor can carry that. So I'm going to give The Equalizer 3 a 3.6 out of 5. I'm going to take a quick break and be right back. 